0: Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Easy Cater, committed to helping companies solve food. From employee meal plans to on-site staffing to concierge ordering support. With corporate accounts, nationwide restaurant coverage, and payment by invoice. EasyCater.com.
1: Hey everybody, Emily Kwong here. The season of giving is almost over, but if this science podcast, our approach to science journalism and storytelling is a cause that you believe in, you've still got time to help us out because NPR's fundraiser ends on December 31st. That's right. There are only three days left to support your local member station and us through this campaign. Just three days left for Shortwave to pull ahead of Upburst in the podcast competition. So... Please go to donate.npr.org short and give whatever you can. It takes just a minute, but will give you a warm, buzzy feeling that lasts until the end of 2021. Again, that's donate.npr.org short. Procrastinate no further, my friends. Now is the time. All right. Here's the show. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Hey everybody, Emily Kwong here. So obviously we're all focused on staying healthy right now. And one of the most important things you can do for your body is to hit that pillow and get a good night's sleep.
2: So I just woke up, I read a little bit about sleep, prepared myself for this interview, had a cup of tea. (laughs) Now I'm here.
1: On a cup of tea, you can do anything. Yeah. A person can do anything. Moeen Hassan is a sleep medicine fellow at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston.
2: For the whole year, all you do is have sleep clinics and read sleep studies. So by the end, Hmm. you are in a unique position to address people who have sleep disorders and to help people who have not been sleeping well.
1: And recently on Twitter, he wanted to explain that a good night's sleep, you know, the kind where you feel restored and energized, can happen at different times for different people. So on March 1st, you tweeted the following... I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are not lazy if you are waking up at noon. All caps. Yes. <laughs> Moin, what compelled you to tweet this?
2: So I was with a young patient and he was not my first. Who I've, A lot of patients have showed up like this. And I was explaining to him, you know, what your normal body physiology is. And, you know, he, from a very young age, he has been told you have to wake up early. That's what people do are successful if he slept in by noon his family would be really upset and you know and he would feel guilty and it was affecting his whole life and when i explained to him that look this is your normal body physiology you have a delayed circadian sleep phase which basically means that your body clock is designed that you sleep late and wake up late hmm. the best thing for you to do is to follow that right And he actually, I think I could sense the relief in his face. You know, a, a physician telling him it's okay. It's not something bad. It's not something taboo. You know, you can do this.
1: Moen's Twitter post about that patient went super viral. And his explanation for why some of us have a delayed circadian sleep phase resonated with thousands of people. So this episode... Join Hassan on sleep schedules, the way our body clocks differ, and why sleep is so important for your immune system and for staying healthy, especially now.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Comcast Business. Is it possible to get business internet you can really rely on? It is with Comcast Business. Keeping businesses of all kinds up and running with a network powered by 99.9% reliability. Plus, advanced security to help outsmart threats to your data. And 24-7 customer support to help anytime. With Comcast Business, reliable business internet isn't just possible, it's happening. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary.
1: So, here's a little Sleep 101. There are two important parts of this that have to sync up for good sleep. The first, Moyne says, is something called sleep homeostatic drive.
2: So in your sleep homeostatic drive, what happens is that as you're awake, more and more waste products develop in your brain. And one of these waste products is adenosine. And the more adenosine you have in your brain, the more sleepy you are.
1: In fact, caffeine works by blocking the action of adenosine. The second part of this equation is your circadian rhythm which is kind of like a little clock ticking in your brain.
2: That clock basically defines when you're asleep and when you're awake. And this clock is is coded by your genes. Hmm. So when it's time to sleep, this clock alerts your pineal gland in the brain to start secreting melatonin. And when that happens, your body and your brain realize it's time to go to bed. Mm. Now you get the best sleep when both these processes match. So in a person who is a late sleeper, their melatonin release is later than me or you. For example, people who go to bed at 10pm, their melatonin is being released later in the night. So even though they go to bed at 12, they cannot fall asleep. They fall asleep by 2, 3 a.m. and then have to wake up at 7. Mm-hmm. So they're basically functioning on three, four hours of sleep, which is not optimal.
1: So, so my brain's like garbage can, it should get full when my brain clock strikes bedtime. Yes. Those two things are, are, are happening, but not everyone works that way.
2: Yes, yes. So basically in most people, um, what's happening is that when you wake up in the morning, Um, So this clock is like an old grandfather clock, you know. (laughs) It needs to be synced every day. So what happens is that every morning when you wake up, light hits your retina and actually communicates your suprachiasmatic nucleus and tells it. It's daytime and it it, it kind of syncs it to the day. But in certain people, this clock makes you feel sleepy later. (laughs) And so if these people try to sleep, during normal hours, they will have a harder time falling asleep and they will have poor sleep.
1: And what decides whether your body prefers one over the other? because you mentioned that it the the clock is decided by your genes
2: So what scientists think is that why this clock was developed was because we needed to sync ourselves to light and day because humans are diurnal that means that they sleep during the night and they wake up during the day. But evolutionary, what we also found is that society needed people with differing um, clocks. For example, delayed circadian sleepers, people who sleep late and wake up late, were found to be beneficial because they would protect the tribe, right? They would be up, they would protect them from predators and, and things at night. But now what's happening is that we are trying to fit everyone into the same box. And that's like height, like intelligence, like hair color. Your circadian clock varies across the population. Mm-hmm. So we are not appreciating the individual uniqueness of every person. And that's where the problem is coming.
1: Yeah, our society is so different now, is what you're saying. Yes. Do you feel that the way we work puts late sleepers at a disadvantage?
2: Yes, I do. Yes. And... Um, I have started realizing this more since I've been doing sleep sleep clinics because people Mm -hmm. have come in and have broken down in front of me. And that really disturbed me. And these are scientists, these are people who are very productive. The issue is that instead of focusing on parameters like productivity or efficiency, we are still looking at parameters like, are you here in the office early morning? Mm -hmm. And I think that puts... People, especially people with delayed sleep is at a big disadvantage.
1: Yeah, I mean, the shaming, shame is so much tied up in this because it's not just about what is biologically perhaps preferred, but going to bed early and getting up early is somehow seen as morally better or more virtuous. I mean, what role is shaming playing in all of this?
2: I think it plays a big role. And especially as you see in movies and all those sitcoms, like the CEO culture, like you see the successful mm-hmm. CEO who's only sleeping three hours a night and making millions of dollars and is so successful. And I think this is what has been so prevalent in our society, this kind of thinking, you know, like to be successful, you have to wake up early and you need to sleep less, which is, which is completely opposite of what neuroscience is telling us. <laughs> So I think right. this shaming is playing a big deal. Number one, it's, it's making these feel, people feel guilty, anxious, which is worsening their sleep. The other is that it's, um, it's, it's making it harder for people to recognize it as a thing, as a sleep disorder that needs treatment. Instead of something that is in the hands of an individual person. Yeah, so I, I think shaming is is a big reason why people are afraid to come forward and talk about their sleep. So,
1: last question. Um, last question. I'm asking this not just with coronavirus in mind, but what role does sleep play in staying healthy, and also recovering from illness?
2: So, as with other things, we are discovering how sleep affects diseases and body physiology. And what we have seen is that in animal studies and human studies is that manipulation of sleep can affect how your white blood cells migrate, how your body produces cytokines, which are useful for fighting infection, Mm -hmm. your antibody levels, um, how your immune-related genes are activated. There have also been studies in flies and rodents that suggest that sleep increases the survival from an infection, And there are several studies in humans that indicate that sleep loss increases the susceptibility to infections.
1: So, I mean, at a time like this, I guess it's even more important that people are getting really good night's rest, huh?
2: Yes. Yes. I think it's important. I think it's, I think what people need to realize is that sleep is not a passive process. It's a dynamic process that's associated with metabolism. It's associated with the release of hormones. It prepares you for the next day. It helps with memories, it helps with growth. So I think people need to focus on getting good sleep, especially in times like this, because it may it, it helps their body be the best it can be to fight infections and to be the best human beings that they can be.
1: Moyen Hassan, a sleep medicine fellow at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Check out his Twitter account for more on his work. We've got a link in our episode notes. This episode was produced by Brent Bachman, edited by Viet Le, and fact-checked by Emily Vaughn. I'm Emily Kwong. Thanks for listening. At Planet Money, we are also grappling with what's going on in the world. We just don't know, and and you're still going to have to decide. So we call up economists like Emily Oster.
0: It's like we're fighting the pandemic by having a bake sale or something. I mean, all due respect to bake sales. (laughs) Listen
1: and subscribe to Planet Money from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor ShipBob. ShipBob's warehouse management system can improve your efficiency, allow you to grow faster, and save you money all through one WMS platform. Get a free quote at shipbob.com. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. On It's Been a Minute, we talk to up-and-comers and icons of culture. From
0: Barbara Streisand. You're such a wonderful interviewer. To Tracy
1: Ellis Ross. Your questions were so wonderful.
0: And Christine Baranski.
1: Oh, thank you for your wonderful questions. Here are the questions these icons loved to be asked. Listen every week to It's Been a Minute from NPR.